Welcome to GRIT, the Real Estate Growth Mindset Podcast, hosted by Brian Charlesworth, founder of Sisu. Sisu provides growth automation software for real estate. You'll hear stories from real estate thought and technology leaders, team owners, and brokers on how to grow their business in a rapidly changing industry. You'll learn how to transform your brokerage and teams into a high-performing and analytics-driven business so you have a new, durable, competitive advantage against disruption in your market. So let's get right into it. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grit Podcast. I'm Brian Charlesworth, your host of the show. I'm also the founder and CEO of Sisu, which is the real estate growth automation software. And today I'm here with Aaron Novello. Aaron is a badass listing agent that uh, I was actually introduced to from one of my old coaches, Jared Zimmer. And so I'm super excited to have Aaron on here. Uh, in addition to that, Aaron has created his own coaching company where I believe he works with 60 to 70 agents to, to teach them how to, to be more like him. So uh, welcome to the show, Aaron. Awesome, man. I appreciate uh, the opportunity, Brian. I'm, I'm happy to be here. So what did I leave out of that intro? I mean, I know there's a lot more than that, but is there anything else you want to share before we get started? Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, I, I took a, a deep dive, right? I uh, really did deep work around one slice of the business, which is listing property in high volume. And we've done that consistently for the last, I don't know, eight years in a row. I've listed over 100 properties, sometimes 130, 140 by myself individually one at a time. And then what we've done is just kind of monetize that skill, right? Create classes online to teach people how to convert and um, then kind of spend time with people in group coaching and one-on-one -on -one coaching to learn that particular skill set, right? Because no matter how you're generating leads, it really comes down to conversion and conversion is a skill-based activity. Absolutely. So yeah, I want to dive into that. So let's start with how does somebody list 12 homes a month, which it sounds like that's about what your average is. As yeah. an individual, you're doing 12 homes a month. I mean, to me, and I, I was a listing agent for, you know, 18 months, two years, focusing just on listings. And I think the most I ever got was seven, which for me was a, you know, a one-time thing. So, yeah. so Aaron, how do you do this? Yeah. So um, a couple things come up for me. One is uh, repetition. Right. <laughs> so there's like a repetitious boredom that's kind of involved with that activity. And uh, it begins with actively and proactively prospecting on a regular basis. Uh, I'm somebody who's kind of trained to go into the marketplace and find people uh, who can you know, potentially use our services. And I do that consistently three hours a day, five to sometimes six days a week. I haven't personally missed a day of prospecting in like 13 years. So how do you do that? I mean, I want to peel this onion back. Yeah. And really understand how you do that, because I know expireds were hot a few years ago, but there aren't a lot of expired listings out there right now, I don't think. Maybe there are in Florida, but I know there aren't in Utah. So what are you prospecting? Let's start there. Yeah. So it's changed over time. You know, I got licensed in 2006 when the marketplace was just white hot and I didn't know any better. Right. Didn't say anything stupid and showed up and you know made a little bit of money. And then the marketplace changed dramatically. And when it changed dramatically, the amount of expires that were in the marketplace grew equally as dramatically, right? So, I mean, I was getting 150 to sometimes 200 a day. I couldn't even call them in a single day. And one year I did a hundred transactions and 75 were expired listings, okay? 
So that was like this uh, source that we really dominated. But then what happened is, is in 2000, probably 11 and 12, the marketplace started to improve. So when the marketplace started to improve, the amount of transactions that expires provided shrank. And I'd like to say that that was a, you know, I kind of approached that very maturely and recognized like, oh, I need to pivot. Like, that's not what happened. So for 90 days, I kind of was banging my head against the wall, having this temper tantrum, like, hey, there's not enough leads for me to continue to grow and expand. And then I realized, I read something where it said, if you only have one source of business, you don't have a business. And that really struck me, right? Because here I was thinking, you know, oh, kind of know what I'm doing, doing all these expired transactions but the marketplace shifted and that shrank, right? So then I began to really kind of diversify and have different kind of pools. So now um, I would say that there's three really strong kind of pillars uh, on the table, probably four. Uh, one is past client centers of influence. We've been doing this a long time now. So that represents about 30% of our business. Two is we have a really strong digital presence, whether that be the 440 plus reviews we have online, which becomes a lead generation source. And also these other platforms right, that uh, have pushed into the space, whether it be the home lights or the fast experts or the effective agents that are basically looking for agents who know how to convert leads, right? So that's become more of a meaningful source, about 30, 35% of our business. And then having a particular niche, right, that you can go after. And when I say niche, I mean people that have a super high degree of probability of not only needing to sell, but having equity in a home. That would be divorce. That would be like uh, probate or estates. That would be... Um, you know, absentee homeowners, things of that nature. So those three kind of sources combined, cumulatively, you take four from this se segment, four from that, and four or five from the other. That's how you end up taking 12 to 15 listings a month. Okay. So let's talk about when you were doing 100, and you say 75 of those were expired leads. So, I mean, I've always been told, and my experience was similar to this, that you're going to get at least two buyers from every listing. Is that the case with you? Yeah, it, my experience is, is it should equal like a one, you know, like, like a one to one kind of ratio. And what was interesting though is that um, initially I just ignored buy side, right? I was just listing property and that's it. Does that mean if you were one of those listing agents that so much didn't want to represent a buyer, maybe you didn't have any buyer's agents at the time. And so you listed the property you would sell their property and you would be fine with them just going and finding another agent to help them buy something. Well, yeah. So, well, that's a good question. So if they needed to purchase something, I would refer that out and just take a referral fee. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, what I'm aware of is that is a strength, but I'm also aware that it it's limiting, right? Cause we missed out on other opportunities, but it was a strength and that it allowed me to really uh, kind of do the deep work necessary yeah. to truly master the listing side. Because what I'm aware of is sometimes people try to do both. And my experience is you can't be world-class at both, right? Like most super successful people that I know, they don't accomplish that by multitasking. They usually choose like one thing that they're like super awesome at. So it had its benefits, right? It allowed me to be able to list property in high volume and create a system specifically designed around kind of a conveyor belt for listings where I can take 12 to 15 or 18 or whatever a month and just keep that moving, right? Half the yeah. inventory sells each month and then, you know, you make reductions and you just kind of keep it moving. But it also was a, a weakness in the sense that, you know, we missed out on the other side of the business. Well, you did and you didn't. You got a referral fee. Uh, if it was today's market, you probably would have taken a 30 to 35% referral fee instead of a 
25% referral fee. Yeah. How did you choose who you were going to give those to? Did you go, did you go find like some of the top best buyers agents to work with on that? Yeah. So essentially did a little bit of homework and found out who was hungry and, you know, wanted opportunities and wasn't kind of adverse to the uh, referral fee. And then how that ended up kind of working out is found an agent who was doing that. And then I turned around after 12 months and I'm like, I'm giving them a lot of these opportunities and they're actually closing them. So it would make more sense if they were actually on my team. So instead of getting a 25 or 30% referral fee, I could get 50% of the income. Right. Right. And that's how that ended up happening. You know, where we okay. so that's, how, that's how you became a team. What's the size of your team today? Yeah, it's really lean. So it's me. I have three administrative assistants, which their primary focus is on kind of the listing side of things to allow us to be able to list property in high volume. And then I have two buyer's agents. Okay. You don't ever go put anything on your own doors. You hire that out. You are 100%. just focused on selling. You are a hundred percent focused on what most people hate. Yeah, that's right. And what I'm aware of, it's the highest leverage kind of portion of the business. So what I know to be true is um, we were talking about this previously because I had you on my podcast and how the game is changing rapidly and really um, the listing side, what's being revealed is that the listing side is the highest. We've always known that it's the most leverage activity, but it's the highest value activity because I'm providing the systems, whether they be MLS, whether it be Zillow, whether it be Redfin, I provide these platforms with the oxygen that they need in order to survive, which is listings. And without those listings, like that whole model breaks down. So, you know, the mindset is, is as long as I can continue to provide be a prodigious provider of that data. Cause like I would propose that I'm not even a listing agent. Like I'm a provider of data. Okay. And, and as I can provide the, those systems with data, I'm still going to get handsomely rewarded for that. Right. Versus on the buy side, we're seeing, you know, referral fees and compression and a lot of other stuff happening in, yeah. in, in that segment of the business. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So you're getting these listing appointments through a number of different sources today. You're going on these listing appointments. Now being in the, data business, we see all sorts of conversion ratios when you go on listing appointments. The newer, less experienced agents are maybe getting a 10 to 30% conversion on listing appointments, especially if they're competing against people like you. And then there's people like you that are getting probably 90 to 100%. Yeah, it's so like 85% is the conversion 80, ratio. 85. So listing appointments to listing signed 85%. Is that right? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. How do you do that? What does a listing yes. appointment look like for you? Great question. So I think it begins at the pre-qualification stage, like the actual setting appointments, right? So there's a particular process. And the way I like to describe it to people, it's like if you were going to make a chocolate cake, you need a recipe, right? And if you miss one step in the recipe, like if you don't put enough eggs in, you don't put enough flour in, like it's not going to be a chocolate cake and it's not going to taste great, right? So there's a particular it'll be formula. chocolate cake, but it'll look, you'll see it, but it won't, it certainly won't taste great, right? That's right. Yeah. Like you'll be able to tell like, yeah, it might look like a chocolate cake, but it's not going to taste right. Right. So yeah. there's a process that needs to be followed. And first is, is, you know, obviously the skill to be able to book the appointment, because what I'm aware of is now more than ever, it's increasingly becoming more competitive. They have more and more options at their disposal, particularly if they're coming to you via these um, referral platforms, they're giving it out to like three or four other agents, right? So we have to have a system in place that is designed to create an environment that's conducive for somebody to say yes. Okay. Okay. So, so I know you that? were brought up 
into this world. I'm going to dig into that a little deeper. I know you were brought into this world just like I was, uh, this real estate world, as a Mike Ferry. Uh, you had a Mike Ferry coach, is that right? I did. Okay, same with me. So you were calling expireds. Now you're calling expireds if there are any, but you're calling all these other sources as well. Let's talk a little bit more about that script and what that, yeah. what that looks like. Yeah, so what that would look like is if I'm reaching out to somebody and I'm really looking for two things, I'm looking for motivation and time, right? Cause really that's what we sell. When I ask people, it's like, what do we sell? They're like, Oh, you sell yourself, you sell properties. Like, no, we sell time and money. And that's really what I'm searching for when I'm listening, when I'm having conversations with people. So if I was talking to Brian and Brian, like, you know, he's like, I'm reaching out to him and he maybe gently reached up his hand. It's like, Hey Brian, you know, my job's to help you. It's never to talk you into doing anything. I guess I'm curious, ideally, in terms of what you want, because that's what's most important. How soon would you like to actually have the home on the market for sale? And then quiet and see what yeah. comes back, right? And then I'm wondering, is it an option for you to not sell the property and still move? Is it an option for you to maybe rent it out and move, right? I've only spoken to you, Brian. You seem to be really excited about the move. How does your significant other feel about it, right? So just kind of sifting through, like ultimately for you, let's say we make this move, like what would that do for you and your family? And how important is that to you at this stage in life, right? So once I can ask a few questions and essentially I see these flags kind of in my mind, they start to pop up and it's like, okay, this is like an eight or a nine level of motivation. And then immediately we're gonna close for an appointment. So it's like, you know, based on what you've been kind enough to share with me, I'm hearing a couple things from you, Brian, super clearly. The first one is, is that yes, in fact, you definitely want to sell the property. It's not a question of if, it's just a question of when and ultimately who's going to help you. The second thing I'm hearing from you is that the more information that you can gather right now in terms of what will be the most amount you could expect to receive, as well as kind of net, net bottom line, what the proceeds would be, the better equipped you and your family will be so you can make the decision that you feel is best in terms of how to proceed. So what I'd like to do is this, and I really wouldn't mind because I'm in your area all the time anyway. I'd love to have the opportunity, Brian, simply just to pop by, take a look, see what it has to offer in person. And while I'm there, I'll show you those two things super clear. The first one is, is what's the most amount we can expect to receive in the current market? The second thing is, is net, net bottom line, what the proceeds would be to your family when it shakes out. I can answer any questions you may have. And if it all makes sense and you guys feel comfortable, confident, we can take the next steps. Does that sound fair to you? That's absolutely. <laughs> and when you say absolutely, great. So I'm looking here at my schedule. I mean, under normal conditions, if, because if creates possibility, if we were to connect, would you typically be available, you and your wife, in the evenings or the afternoons? And I'm okay with either one, right? But notice evenings and afternoons is my schedule, right? And it's not morning. I'm, doing, I'm prospecting in the morning and I'm coaching people in the afternoon, so it's got to be evenings or afternoons, right? Yeah. And then you let me know evening's great, and then we'll pencil it in for that time. My assistant will call you just to confirm, make sure that that still works for you. If something comes up for you, Brian, if we need to change it or move it, we can always do that. Does that sound okay? Like, yeah, it's perfect. And then we instantaneously shift into prequel. So in preparation for us connecting, I just have- So, so prequel, talk to me about the importance, before you share how you prequel, talk to us about the importance of prequel. Because I would say most agents don't prequel. Yeah, most don't. And the primary reason that they don't, Brian, is because they don't want to know the answers. Fear, <laughs> right? It's fear. Yeah, because my experience is, is if you don't generate, you have to tolerate. So if you, if you are not generating massive amounts of opportunities or leads, then you have to tolerate, you have to put up with people's stuff, right? 
So they're just happy to have an appointment, right? So they just run out there and then they don't know anything prior to, which is not, A, it's not professional, B, it's not, not efficient. So the reason that we're gonna pre-qualify is that if I'm gonna take time away from my family, my children, right? Like other things that I could be doing and people I could be doing them with, I wanna ensure that there's a very high degree of probability that when we connect and we have a conversation, you're gonna sign a contract. And the way we can do that is by asking a series of detailed questions and within the pre-qualification, not only using that as a tool to gather data, right, and information, but also as a tool to sell. Because a lot of people don't use it that way, right? You start to assumptively close in the pre-qual, we start to move this process forward, right? Mm -hmm. Which is an intricate part of that recipe. So we go from booking the appointment to pre-qualifying it on the spot. And the reason we do it on the spot is I don't wanna have to track you down, you're a busy guy. So if I have your undivided attention right now, then, you know, let's rock and roll. It's only going to take 10 minutes, right? Okay. So you and get, you get a commitment for an appointment. You immediately roll into the prequel and you talked about someone knowing that somebody's motivation is, you know, 90% or whatever. What if their motivation is 50%? What if it's 30%? Then what, what do you do? Yeah, then I'm not going to go on that appointment. So what I'm going to do is in pre-quals, I'm going to start to dig, right? So, you know, let's say we booked the appointment and I'm like, well, you know, Brian, on a scale from one to 10, one being I could care less if, if I sell the home. It's not a big deal. We'll just make the best of it. 10 being we're 100% committed and we're going to do whatever it takes to make it happen. How would you rate yours and your wife's motivation to actually sell the property? And let's say you're like, I don't know, it's like a five. Okay, great. So I'm curious, what would it take for to make you a, a nine or a 10? Yeah. And then let's say he's like, well, if somebody brings me a bag full of money, then I'll sell it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If, if I could get top dollar, if I, if I could get, you know, 800 grand for this house. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to take that. All right. Perfect. And then let's say for whatever reason, right. Through no fault of your own or mine, just because of what's going on in the market right now and some uncertainty there and what's happening in your price point that the marketplace wouldn't support that at this moment. You know, perhaps you'd have to sell for a little bit less than that 800 number. Do you think you would still sell it or would you say no and just stay put? I don't know. I may, I may, I may not. I'd have to, I'd have to look at it when the offer came. See if it's Okay. Possible. And then I'm wondering, cause my job sincerely is to help you. It's never to talk you to do anything. I mean, ultimately in selling the property other than the financial benefit, how would your life improve? Like, you know, how would this benefit you in some way in selling the property and moving? Yeah. It would allow me to get into the neighborhood I really want to be in. Interesting. Now, time out. You notice we have his voice changed? Yeah. It went, oh, well, neighborhood. Okay, now we're going to dig a little bit. So yeah. it's like, okay, and tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, what's important about that neighborhood for you? So now what the real motivation is, right? Yeah, because the thing I want everybody, if anybody can pick up anything from this conversation, is motivation fixes price. So a lot of people get hung up, and the way we were traditionally taught to prequal is like, well, what price won't you go below? It's like, that's silly, because if I was to ask, like, Brian, like, hey, why did you wear that? black shirt today he'd be like screw you man this is a shirt i like right like it instantaneously I, I wear it every day Aaron. Come right on. <laughs> it instantaneously creates pushback or if i was to say hey like if you were trying to sell me a car i'm like what price won't you go below you're gonna be like ah, like that's a crazy question why would you even ask me that right so now, instead, now while you're talking about my shirt while you're talking about my shirt Aaron, let's talk about you because you're here in a shirt and tie today yeah. my guess is that's how you look when you go on a listing appointment maybe even a jacket tell us oh. about that how important is that yeah, so that's critical because like, you know, what I'm aware of is, and yes, to answer your question, this is how I go on appointments. Uh, it's typically suited up, right? You know, you're about to walk into somebody's house and ask them to pay you 10, 15, 20, $30,000. And I feel like, um, 
you know, it requires a certain level of professionalism and uh, also a certain level of preparation. It like demonstrates that I'm respectful of the opportunity and it demonstrates that like I'm taking this seriously. You know what I mean? And what I'm aware of is it's, it, it's also becomes a competitive advantage because a lot of people don't do that. <laughs> and that just yeah. causes you to stand out. So you show up in your suit. I show up in this, my jeans and my t-shirt that I'm in right now. You have a competitive advantage. Oh, 100%. And when we circle back to like in, in prequel, one of the things I'm going to say to you is like, you know, I'm aware that I'm just a voice over the phone. So in the email that I'm going to send you, Brian, amongst other things, there's going to be a link to our website, which you can check out and put a face to the name. There's also a link to all of my personal reviews online. I have over 445 star reviews from clients just like you that we've helped in your area under the same set of circumstances get the most and quickly and efficiently. So I encourage you to take a look at a few of those in preparation for connecting so that way you can get a feel and a flavor for the service and results we provide. Okay. Oh yeah. I'd love to. So now I'm just reverse engineering how you normally make decisions in 2020. You go online, you look at reviews, you look at websites. So when you follow this formula prior to me showing up suited up, right? I've had a, a good conversation with you in terms of setting the appointment, coming from a place of contribution. I'm not pushing you. Instead, I'm like sifting through like your motivation and what you're looking to accomplish and why. Then I pre-qualify you. All those questions are based around you and what you're looking to accomplish. In the pre-qual, I'm pushing you to intangible assets online, right? That you can connect with, that helps you to make your decision, right? 80% of your decision is probably going to be made before I even see you. Then before I see you, I shoot a bomb bomb video so you can see me. And I say, hey there, Brian, it's Aaron. Just wanted to uh, shoot you a quick video and say thank you kindly for providing me the opportunity to sit down with you and your wife tomorrow at six. Having heard the story, so to speak, in the situation, uh, I'm super excited to connect with you and provide it all makes sense, get the process started. So my staff sent you a quick email for you guys to review, check that out. It'll make our time more effective and efficient. There was also that link to our reviews, which you can check out, put a face to the name, and we'll go over everything and I'll answer any questions you may have. And if it all makes sense, we can get started. So. I look forward to seeing you. So now okay. I've pushed you to the digital assets. Now you've connected with me digitally before you met me. Now I show up 15 minutes early, dress fresh like a million bucks. Then what comes out of my mouth? Before we go there, yeah, tell us. You didn't mention a pre-listing packet. You mentioned we're, you're going to get this digital email. So I'm guessing you're not doing a pre-listing packet. You're doing an, an email that your staff is sending you and a bomb bomb video. What's in that email? If you've been enjoying Grit, please help us continue to grow the channel by leaving a five-star review and sharing it with a friend. Now back to Grit. Great question. Yep. So in terms of formula, set appointment, pre-qual, then an email goes out. The email that goes out includes a pre-listing package that's a PDF that they can just look at. Because the truth is they're probably going to flip through it like super quickly, right? What's in your pre-listing packet? Yeah. So nothing like ego-based, very simple, results-oriented. So my track record year over year. Know how many units we sell like year over year going back to like 2007 then it'll be um the plan of action what we're going to be doing to market the home then it will be frequently asked questions which are really objections with the answers already then it will be my schedule right so they can see what we're doing and then just references right if they chose to reach out and then the second attachment is going to be a market analysis and all that consists of is three actives three clothes and one pendant that's printed out in the eight photo view in the multiple listing service. We highlight it with Adobe Acrobat, right? For you to review uh, before we connect. So that email goes out prior to me going and meeting with them. Prior to your bomb bomb video. Right. 
Yeah. Then okay. the bomb bomb video comes out and now they've connected with me kind of in a digital way, right? They feel like they know me already. Then my assistant calls to confirm, right? Which again is professional. And then, then I show up and we're always 15 minutes early, dressed fresh, like a million bucks and ready to rock and roll. Okay. So you get there 15 minutes early. Do you go to the door at 15 minutes early or do you just, yeah. you know, you're at the door 15 minutes early? Yeah. And I think that's, again, that's like this. Uh, I was taught when I was younger that if you're early, you're on time. And if you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, don't even bother coming. So I feel like it's an expression of um, like respect. Like I respect the time. Like you're taking yep. some of your time out of your life, non-refundable precious breaths. The average human gets 75 years in the industrialized world. That's it. And wherever you are in that cycle, you're going to sleep through a third of it. So it's like super precious. You're going to spend an hour of it with me. Right. So I'm like, I'm very respectful of the opportunity and you're willing to spend some of your money with me. Like I didn't, I didn't go to work for 40 hours a week for like 30 years to build all the equity. And you're willing to, you know, share some of that with me. So, you know, my intention is to approach it in that way. Great. Love it. Now you're there 15 minutes early, you knock on the door. What's next? Yeah. So now uh, it's a very kind of purposeful scripted, uh, kind of process. So first, you know, the big smile. And what's interesting is when I first started doing this, I was like uh, very robotic, right? I was like a robot that spit out words and I have to remind myself to smile. So, you know, you hit the door, huge smile, like, Hey, Aaron Novello, nice to meet you. Um, did you want me to take my shoes off again? Very respectful. And they're like, no, it's fine. Great. So what I'd like to do, Brian, is just take a quick look around the home. Would that be all right? Now, the reason why we're doing that is I want to take control because somebody has to be in control. And I'm sure those listening, if you've never if you haven't taken control, you end up on the couch, like sipping tea, talking about their dog, like before you get back to like the actual appointment, right? So we want to take control um, by, you know, saying, is it okay if I take a quick look around? And then we start to assumptively close. So does it matter if they show you around versus you look around on your own? Yeah, you know, I'm aware that some people make that distinction. You know, I think it's kind of like, as they're kind of showing me around, um, you know, it's an opportunity, they can you know, ask you some questions. And it's also, I use it as an opportunity to begin closing. So what I'll say to them as soon as I walk in is like, you know, I'm, no, I'm noticing, Brian, that the home is really tastefully furnished. It seems to fit the space very well. So when we have offers come in, are we going to be including the contents or do you want to take that with you to your next destination? Oh, subconsciously, you're going to have offers come in. And when we have offers come in. Yes. Like you're already working with me. You see what I'm saying? I'm assumptively closing. Like we're already doing this. Yes. And then as we walk through the property, you know, I'll, I'll say something like, you know, if I, and if I remember correctly, you weren't planning on making any additional changes or modifications before I start to bring buyers through. Is that right? That's right. You see, like before I start to bring buyers through, like yep. again, so that's two something closes. We haven't even sat down and talked about anything yet. Yeah. Okay. Great. Love it. And then from there, then it's like, okay, I guess we could sit down here in the kitchen, right? Again, taking control. And I want to sit at the kind of segment of the table. I don't want to be sitting um, like across from people because that's very adversarial instead of like the head of the table. So if there's people here, I can be looking at both directions. And then again, you begin, you know, I just want to say thank you uh, for providing me the opportunity to share some information with you, potentially help you with the sale. I always like to begin, Brian, by asking just a few quick questions to make sure we're on the same page. Would that be okay? Like, yeah, yeah that's fine. Well, the first question, which I'm pretty positive to based on our conversation is you definitely decided that you're going to sell this home. Is that right? Yeah, that's, yeah right. that's right. Cool. So we're not interested in doing something else with it, like renting it out. No, good. Then that leads into my second question, which I'm also pretty sure I know the answer to is you want to position this property price-wise to sell. You definitely don't want to give it away. That's for sure. At the same time, you don't want to have it sit on the market for like six or seven months, just testing the market. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. 
Great. And then that leads me to my third question. You know, I'm aware that I sent you over some information in preparation for connecting. I'm sure you did some due diligence. You checked me out online. You saw our track record and reviews. So have you already decided that you would like for me to help you with the sale? And yeah, I just had a few questions after looking at your stuff. Perfect. So it sounds as though, provided that we can answer those questions effectively and you feel comfortable and confident, there's a high degree of probability we'll be able to go to work. And I want to be clear that that is my intention, right? So provided it all makes sense to you, I do have all of the appropriate paperwork with me and I'm prepared to get started today. Fair enough? Yeah, that's fair. Cool. You see what we're doing there? Right out of the gate, right? So like, I don't know, that's like four or five closes and we haven't even talked about like price or anything. Yeah, and, and you're not coming across offensive in any way. It's just like- right. Friendly. Yeah, I'm here to help you. Yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, and then if you would have said to me like, well, maybe, because they're either going to say yes, no, or maybe when you ask that third question. And yeah. if they say yes, internally, you do a little happy dance, like, yay, right? You go right into the pricing portion. If they say no, or maybe you're like, okay, that's cool. I know this is a big decision and you want to make sure you're making the best decision possible. I do want to be clear that that is my intention. So provided that what I say makes sense and you feel comfortable and confident, I do have all of the appropriate paperwork with me and I'm prepared to go to work today. Fair enough. And they're like, yeah, that's fair. And then I would say along those lines, you were kind enough to share with me in terms of the selection process of an agent, you were looking for somebody who has a great track record, somebody who can help you get top dollars, somebody who can help you with the transition to the next property. Was there anything else that you would be looking for from me, Brian, today to cause you to feel comfortable and confident just to proceed and put me to work? Yeah, I just have a couple other guys coming over after you that I promised I would meet with them before, before I signed anything. Yeah, and I appreciate that. And you know, it's really not uncommon when I do connect with people uh, in person, face to face, particularly when they see our track record and results that they do decide and hire me and put me to work. So let's just leave that option open, okay? All right. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and then we, you know, we just continue to move down the track, right? So it's a specific track that's designed to lead to a specific destination where most agents go in. They're going in kind of like with this, like, please, like, pick me, pick me, pick me. And um, kind of trying to prove themselves worthy. And you'll notice, like, I'm not doing that at all. Like, I know I'm worthy. And it's just a matter of, like, you know, us, we're, we're here to accomplish a goal and objective. And if I can meet that, then my intention is for you to put me to work. Yeah, for those of you listening, you may want to come in and watch this on YouTube because you're going to want to see his facial expressions and his confidence. Uh, because confidence is everything here. And you're just, you're just confident the whole way through, uh, which I think is key. Well, I appreciate that coming from you. I mean, I know you talk to a lot of people. And what I'm also aware of for those that are listening, like I used to imagine, so when you say the word confidence to people, it's interesting because you get a lot of different kind of definitions of that word. So oftentimes it gets like a male connotation. Oftentimes it's like bravado or like, ah, right? I didn't, say, I didn't say ego. I just said confidence. Yeah, which is cool. And, and that's cool. And I know that distinction. I'm just, um, I'm aware that like some people kind of, that's how it, in their mind, that's how they define it. But the Latin derivative of the word confidence is confianza. And what confianza means is trust. Yes. So it's very interesting because it's like, well, who are you really trusting? It's yourself. So the reason why I can role play with this live is because I trust myself in the selling situation. There is nothing that you are going to say to me that I'm not prepared for. Nothing. Yeah, exactly. And that, that's what I want to hit on because most agents don't know for sure what they're going to do walking into that listing appointment. Or most agents have something that they're going to show up and they're going to walk people through this long presentation that may take an hour. 
that has nothing to do with the people they're sitting in front of. A hundred percent. And with no track, like no like uh, designed kind of uh, track to follow. And, and, and what I'm aware of is the way you build trust is repetition. So at the beginning, like I didn't know, I think a lot of people imagine like this is like HGTV or this is like millionaire yes. real estate agent. It's oh not, yeah. So this so is a direct get into the business. Yeah, like this getting is on, on that, right? Exactly. This is a direct hardcore sales business. It's no different than selling books door to door, knives door to door, subscriptions over the phone. I mean, that's what this is, right? And I didn't know that. So my first calendar year of selling real estate, Brian, I only made 13,000 bucks because I was operating under faulty information. I didn't have an accurate assessment of reality. People were telling me to hold open houses. People were telling me to have my name tag at the grocery store. People were telling me to like farm a geographic area, you know, put pumpkins out in front of people's houses, which I'm aware that everything works some of the time, but I'm also aware that those don't produce massive results and I wanted to produce massive results. So I was operating under inaccurate information and therefore the output was very mediocre. But then I got this accurate assessment of reality. And one of the accurate assessment of reality is what I call the four noble truths is that the money's not in the service, it's in the selling of the service. So if I was in a room of a thousand agents, like, okay, how many people have a real estate license? Everybody raise their hand. Cool. How many people, because of that license, can perform the same activities? All of us can. Okay. Now, do we all make the same amount of money? No. Why? Because some people know how to sell the service better than others. So once I got that, I was like, oh, I need to learn how to sell a service. So I role played twice a day, six days a week for three years. Can you repeat that? I want to make sure people lock this in. Yeah, twi I role played twice a day for six days a week for three years straight. Six days a week. Yep. So when and you that was with role play partners that oftentimes were like just like I was doing fifty deals, they were doing like one hundred fifty, and I'd have to fight my way into their schedule. Right, I have to like take them out to lunch twice and like do all this stuff and wait a year and just kind of push my way into their schedule. Then I would also I would record like role play sessions and prospecting sessions. And I would record super top producers who were like, you know, high prospectors. And I would listen to what they were saying. I would videotape myself doing presentations. Do you still role play today? Yeah. Okay. So I, I think it's so important that people know, like you are constantly growing, constantly developing your skills, sharpening the knife, right? Versus feeling like I got this. Yeah. And, and, and that's why you're who you are. Yeah, well, I appreciate that. So, so I heard a quote that really stuck with me is that money is a byproduct of excellence. So the goal isn't money, the goal is excellence. So I want to be excellent. I want to be world-class at this one skill, right? And I'm aware that it's no different than learning how to play a violin really well. It's no different than learning how to shoot a basketball really well. It's no different than a surgeon who's really like, you know, intricate with the, you know, their instruments. And in a capitalistic society, if you learn how to sell, you become handsomely rewarded for that skill. That is amazing advice. I, that Looking at it that way, money is a byproduct of excellence. And so whatever you're doing, be the best. Yeah, strive for excellence. Like I, I made it a decision because I'm aware in this business, there's no, it's not like commission on a draw. It's not like if you don't make any money, they give you like minimum wage. It's not how that works, right? So there's no, there's no security, there's only opportunities. 
And I never wanted there to be a situation that my skills were a reason why I wasn't able to take advantage of an opportunity because I have control over that. I don't have control over interest rates. I don't have control over what the market does. I don't have control over what administration is currently around and what they're doing, but I have control over skills. I have control over how often I practice. So I never wanted to be in a situation where I had to look at my wife and I was like, sorry, honey, we can't do that because I don't know how to handle the objection. Will you cut your commission? Or have to look at my son and be like, sorry, we can't do that because, you know, I didn't know what to say in this situation. So if I can get my skills to a place where 85% of the time I'm able to take advantage of an opportunity, I've created security for myself and my family. Aaron, congratulations on all of your success. After hearing this, like, I want to, I want to send this out to every agent out there. So these agents are going to be listening to this. You have realized that you've mastered this skill and you've started a coaching company now. I think it's called Master the Art of Real Estate Sales. Yep. So tell us more about your coaching company and mastering the art of real estate sales. Yeah. So how that developed was, is somebody recorded me role playing without telling me. Okay. And they sent it to somebody and it like, like, like went over to a whole bunch of people. So I had people coming up to me like at events or learning events and they'd be like, Hey man, I listen to you in the car all the time. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And at first I was like, well, you know, he should have told me he recorded, but then I was like, this is awesome because like now people know, you know kind of who I am and what I do. So then I got inundated with people wanting to role play with me. And that's, you know, I feel I'm appreciative of that. I always tell people, if you want to be a, if you want to never have a problem getting role play partners, be great at role play. <laughs> and then you'll never have a problem. Like you'll, I, people tell me all the time, I go, oh, I can't find a good role play partner. It's like, it's probably because you're not good at role play. So, so talk about role play because I think, well, I know there are so many people that get told, yeah, go do role play. Um, you know, and they might get together for a few minutes. What does role play session look like? And yeah, how- So that's, that's where you're simulating. So if you think about like uh, learning, right? There's a triangle, a hierarchy of learning. At the bottom of the hierarchy of learning is reading and writing. And that's interesting because that's where we get our formal education. As you get higher at the hierarchy, the second kind of highest form of learning is simulation. That's where you pretend to do the real thing. So doctors simulate on cadavers, pilots simulate in an actual device called a simulator. My brother-in-law is an ex-Marine with a purple heart. They spend like 90% of their time simulating, pretending to do the real thing, like jumping out of airplanes and doing all this stuff, right? So to me, role play is simulation, right? I'm practicing doing the real thing. And essentially what you're doing, Brian, is you're getting it into muscle memory, right? Where I don't have to think about it anymore. Like some people like now, you know, I can role play in a group of a thousand people right on the spot. And it's not a problem because it's in muscle memory. I don't have to think about it anymore. Before you're even done saying what you're saying, I already know where I'm going to go with that, right? I already know what you're going to say and where we're going to go with it. But that only comes through the repetition, right? And then the highest form of learning is doing the real thing, like actually going on appointments, right? Or actually prospecting and talking to clients. So what I suggest to all of our coaching clients is you do all four of those, right? Every day. Read, write, simulate, do the real thing. Read, write, simulate, do the real thing. Read, write, simulate, do the real thing. And if you do that consistently for like six months or a year, like your skills are going to get better, right? Without a doubt. Yeah. Okay. All so, right. So somebody recorded you while they were in these role play sessions, put it out there online. Somebody said, yeah, I listen to your stuff all the time. That gave you the idea that, hey, maybe I should build something out of this? Yeah. Yeah. And it gave me an idea to monetize it. So, um, 
it started off with online classes. So we have online classes that uh, are in 23 countries in eight languages where I basically said, oh, well, how can I allow people to role play with me, but I don't have to be there, <laughs> right? Because there's only so much of my time, right? I'm still actively in production and all this other stuff we're doing and coaching and stuff. So we created classes, right? Which are like what to say and how to say it. So how to make six figures calling expired listings. The, ex the exact kind of script I used to list, you know, sell 75 homes that were expired in one year. How to make six figures calling for sale by owners, like how to talk to those people. The actual listing presentation that I give, right, to list hundreds of properties a year, right, 120, 130, whatever it is, how to get a price reduction, because I'm aware people don't really have a system for that. They don't practice it. They don't role play it on a regular basis. How to present offers, right? So they get, you know, there's a high degree of probability it'll get accepted. So we created, I, first I created those classes, right? And then I noticed like, oh, like that's, people are, it's valuable, right? They have like hundreds of reviews and people like them and it's, you know, in all these different countries. And then I had people start to reach out to me to say like, hey, can I work with you individually, right? And I was like, okay, cool. And that started off as a group thing, right? And then people wanted more. So they wanted to work one-on-one. -on -one, so we created one-on-one. -on -one. So now I work with anywhere from 35 to 40 people one-on-one -on -one individually. Um, and we have another 30 or 40 people that are on a group call where we get together via Zoom and, you know, role play, work on scripts, dialogues, um, what to say and how to say it, and systems and how to help them to become a dominant listing agent. So if I want to get these videos and go, or go to the next place and next level, get this group coaching and then the next level individual coaching, can you talk about the price points there? Yeah. Uh, so I, the class is probably a lot of interest after listening to you on this uh, podcast. That's awesome. Yeah, I look forward to the opportunity of assistance. So um, the classes, I basically like I give those away because I know one of the things that keep people from getting on the phone is not knowing what to say or keep people from interacting with clients is not knowing what to say. So we bundled all those classes up. It's like eight hours worth of content. You get an audio of me doing it. You get a PDF of the script and, you know, an hour video for each class. And that's only 50 bucks, right? And essentially, I want to equip people. I want to put it in your hands. So, you know, that won't be a reason why you have any issues. Because I wish somebody would have done that to me that first year when I was only making 13000 bucks. So, so any team leader listening to this today, if you're not a listing agent, I recommend buying that and getting that in your library, putting those PDFs wherever it is people go to learn in your library. 100%. And I appreciate that. And then in the group call that we do, that's an hour-long Zoom call once a week. Uh, it's on Wednesdays at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard. There's no contractual obligation to that. Uh, I hop on, you know, for 20 minutes, I'll talk about something, and then we open it up for questions, comments, concerns, right? Everybody, you know, they, they one person might say, hey, I'm going to this appointment, and they said this, like, what should I say? And I'll role play that with them live, and the story of one is a story of all. So, like, you know, we're all going through similar things, so everybody benefits from that. And that's 250 bucks a month. And then I also work with individuals one-on-one, -on -one, right? And that's a six-month agreement. And um, that's a thousand bucks a month. So 30 minute phone call once a week. And then I've started to have teams like who have ISAs reach out to me to train their ISAs, right? On what to say and how to say it. So, sure. you know, depending on how many ISAs they have, like we, we work something out with that. Yeah, amazing. So thank you uh, for being here today with us. I'd just like to ask you a couple other questions before we drop off. What is the one piece of advice that you would give to anybody getting into this business today, if, if I'm a new agent getting into this business, what's the one piece of advice you would give them? Yeah. So it's just recognize it is a sales business. And because of that, it has to follow the same sales process. 
So I have to prospect. I don't care how you prospect, whether it's via social or paying for leads or picking up the phone and calling, which is the lowest client acquisition channel. It's the lowest cost, right? Uh, for client acquisition is picking up the phone, but it, you, you have to do that every day. A day not spent prospecting is a day not spent in business. Then I have to have the skill to be able to set appointments with those people, which is a skill, right? Then I have to pre-qualify those people, which is also a skill. Then I have to go and present, right? Give them a compelling reason to choose me versus somebody else. Then I have to be able to handle objections and close. And then if it doesn't sell, I got to be able to lower the price. Like the, that process must be followed. That's the formula. So I would just want them to understand that this is a sales business and the money's not in the service, it's in the selling of the service, right? Yeah. So if that's what's true, I should be spending, particularly as a new agent, all of my time or a lot of it learning how to sell the service. Okay, thank you for that. Um, one of the things that I always like to ask is, uh, what's your favorite book or source of learning? And you just walked us through four ways we can learn. So. I'm guessing for you, it's not a podcast or it's not a book, but what is your favorite source of learning? Yeah. So I know that people have different kind of methodologies, preferred methods of learning. Some people are auditory, some people are visual, some people are kinesthetic. I find that if you're going to go deep on a particular topic, uh, it's good to do all of them. Right. So, you know, behind me, like, you know, this is kind of library, which is a small portion of the library and everything that's in my audible account. But if you were to look at the books on there, you'd be like, oh, Aaron's a serious student, right? And I'm a serious student of a few things. One is selling and persuasion. So that it's full of books about psychology, asking questions, you know, um, selling. And then another would be like, you know, finance, like, you know, personal finance. You'd be like, oh, he's a serious student. So the question I would ask myself as an individual is if I was to look at your library, would I say like, oh, Brian is a serious student of whatever it is that he's doing, right? Yeah, because what I'm aware of is, um, you know, in order to kind of do better, you have to become better. It's not because I think about it like I really wish it would happen or I affirm like I am great. I am great. No, no. Like you have to become more valuable. And the way you become more valuable is by having more skills. So don't wish it was easier. Wish you were better and don't wish for less problems. Wish for more skills. Okay, <laughs> that's another piece of great advice. So thank you. Um, What's your favorite place, Aaron, if you were going on vacation? What, not that you're going to do that right now, but what's your favorite place? Where, where do you like to go? Where do you like to Yeah, go? I mean, we took a trip where we went to uh, Venice recently, and uh, then we spent time in Sicily, which was like amazing. So like those kind of coastal European, right? Uh, yeah, I love Europe. Yeah, and it's like, I, whenever I do that, I, it's always like I'm always there and it looks fake. Like it's like a postcard. Like, is this even real, right? Yeah, you get there and you're like, these buildings are so old. This is so incredible. Just the culture there puts your puts you just in a totally different vibe, right? Totally different energy. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, I love it. Um, and what's your favorite thing to do in your personal time? Yeah, so I like to play pickleball. Oh, cool! I love pickleball. Oh, do you really? That's awesome, man. If we're ever around each other, we have to play. So. Uh, people always make fun of me when I tell them because they're like, don't old people play that? And I'm like, well, that like, how's how it started, but now it's become very competitive. So I love it for a few reasons. One is it's super fun, but the other reason is I feel like, you know, when you get used to kind of, I don't know, being good at something, I think it's good to put yourself in a position where you're not the best, right? Like I'm pretty good, but like I'm aware that there's old guys sometimes that are out there, they'll like kick my ass, right? So, yeah. and that's awesome because it creates that burn again, right? Like that burn, yeah. like, like I want to get better at this, right? 
Yeah, I love it. Uh, I didn't realize pickleball had made it to the East Coast yet. So, oh my God, man, the U.S. Opens here in Florida, uh, the the of pickleball, like in Naples, it's like it's huge. And now I live actually ten minutes away from a pickleball court, and like every night it's like slam packed with like a hundred people that are there and stuff. So super. So fun. here here in Utah, I've got uh, groups of like eight pickleball courts a mile away in three different directions. You know, <laughs> they're they're everywhere. Anyway, super fun, super fun game. If you have not played pickleball, I highly recommend it. So Aaron, if I want to get a hold of you, how do I do that? Yep. So you can either reach me on Instagram at Aaron Novello. Uh, you can also check me out. We have a podcast that's on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, you know, anywhere where podcasts can be enjoyed. That's the Aaron Novello podcast. And um, there's also the website, which is www.aaronnovello.com. Okay. Great. Well, Aaron, it's, it's been really fun learning about your business and really learning how to master the skill of listings, which everyone in this business should do. So thank you for sharing that knowledge, those knowledge bombs with us today and, and a great set of questions and how to present those questions. And for those of you listening, don't forget to go give us a five-star review. Don't forget to uh, share this out to anybody you feel could benefit from becoming a better listing agent. And uh, anyone that you feel would, would enjoy the podcast. Uh, that's how we can get more and more people following it and more and more great people like Aaron coming in. So Aaron, thanks so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure. We'll catch everybody awesome. next week. Awesome, Brian. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you. It's been fun. Thank you for joining us on our podcast. If you have an interest in a free seven-day trial of Sisu, go to sisu.co, S-I-S-U dot C-O. Make sure that you use the coupon code GRIT, that's G-R-I-T, to waive all your set of fees and receive a 10% discount on your subscription. If you enjoyed listening to this podcast and want to subscribe, search GRIT, the real estate growth mindset on iTunes, Spotify, or Podbean. And with that, we'll catch you next time. Take care.